to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. Welcome to the Doom Kitchen. Today, I have an in real life friend, Mike, from the Easy Peasy podcast, Mike the Polymath. Welcome to the show, Mike. Tell everybody a little something about yourself. Well, what's going on, y'all? Glad to be here. Uh, Second time on, I guess, so is the Doom Kitchen like part of Burn Babylon Burn? Or is it a whole different thing? Burn Babylon Burn is the news show where I talk about the week and current events and just scuttlebutt. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the Doom Kitchen is where I get a guest or I grab a friend and we do a deep dive on a subject and just kind of go hard on that. So cool, cool. Um, well, so that's the difference. I I, you know, I thought I knew I thought I knew what I was getting myself into here, but. Uh, you know, like we like we've already discussed, we're doing kind of like a swap cast. So I'm going to share this one on my feed too. But like you said, I'm the host of uh, the Easy Peasy podcast. I'm also the owner and founder of the Easy Peasy Garden Solutions business, um, where I take care of backyard vegetable gardens, build backyard gardens, berry patches, you know, small backyard orchards, things like that. Um, uh, me and Andy, you know, we go back to Childerberg last last spring, and uh, yeah, I think we established it's probably been six months since I've talked to you. Last time I saw you, you were here in Indianapolis, and we got together in person, and that was pretty fucking cool, man. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I already I already dropped an f bomb. I was watching your like <laughs> I are <laughs> I was watching your turn of the calendar. Like- uh, your, oh. <laughs> your, like, your, your new year's show and how you guys made it like 40 minutes in, uh, without dropping any F bombs. And I just couldn't hardly make it 40 seconds. So sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really just toggling a thing. And, uh, and some of the, some of the people that find my show on the index don't. So there's a podcast index and mm-hmm. it, it goes out to a bunch of different carriers and some of them won't carry 
things that have explicit in there. But right. you have, I mean, if you if you are explicit, you probably should put that on there. Yeah, um, I, I mark all my shit explicit because <laughs> I can't help. Fair myself. enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's our nice gardening guy talking shit. Just <laughs> yeah, well, you know, man, I I used to have a better like filter, and um, these days it's just not so easy. I don't know. Well, you talk about a ton more than than gardening and getting set up. You, you've got a lot of talk about ideas and everything, and I think I think one of the most important things, and I, I said it before actually in that episode and uh and you know i get it from a lot of sources that i'm into is that when you're building some kind of community you want to you want to find people with uh with shared values and shared morality Mm -hmm. so um so one thing you can go out to a place like we did and and meet up at a a cool spot like childerberg and find a lot of great people with a with a lot of the same mindset, you could go to no agenda meetups. I know you go to a ton of those. Um, I've been to a few. I, I've, I've missed the last couple in my area. I'm ashamed to say, but there's one tomorrow. So I'll be at that. Oh, nice. I'm Lucky sure. you. Uh, I hope it's tomorrow. Only... Not, not today. If I, if it's today, I'm going to miss it you know, for this. But I've, I've only made it to two of them and yeah. they're, they're so awesome. Just, the great people that you meet. And, uh, and that's, that's a cool thing about what I do for a living is I'm all over the country and I've, I've met people from various telegram groups and, uh, and no agenda and media monarchy and all the, the podcasts that I listen to. So I'm trying to meet up with the, uh, with the community. I've met several people from, uh, Pete Quinones's group and, uh, and it's really cool. Just, hang out with people that like the same show that you do. And usually you share several of the values. Yeah, man. I'm like really hoping to get my show to the point where maybe there's, you know, easy peasy meetups, you know, like it's, it's kind of a pipe dream of mine to have easy peasy fest, right. To host something here in central Indiana where, uh, you know, it's something akin to what Childerberg was with, you know, just a bunch of good people getting together, sharing ideas, sharing, you know, know how, uh, sharing drinks, sharing smoke, whatever, you know, like having a good time. And, uh, you know, we can, we, I'm sure I'm just repeating something that has been said a hundred times before, but we can get to know a million people online, but it really does like make a difference to get to know somebody face to face, shaking hands. Um, and clearly, like they tried to kind of take that from us, so right. like it makes it even more imperative of us to make that a big priority and make sure that they can't ever take that from us again. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I I'm not as active on social media as I maybe could be, but I am fairly active on Instagram, and I I shared a Bible verse. I'm not terribly religious at the moment, but um, I still find you know, truth in scripture. And I shared, let me see if I can pull it up real quick, but basically talking about not having false idols. And, um, I, cause I, I saw a Babylon B meme that made me laugh where it was like, uh, conservative, like maybe it was boomers, um, but like debate whether or not, um, the vaccine is the actual blood of Fauci or just figurative. And it made me laugh. 
And um, so I shared, I, I shared after that, I shared this Bible verse. Let me see. Uh, it might be gone from my story at this point. Don't you hate that? But basically it was talking about like gather together and assemble um, for those who carry false idols made of wood are ignorant and pray to gods that cannot save. It was something along those. That's a bit of a um, paraphrase paraphrase. Thank you. But it, it struck me in that, like gather together and assemble. Like that is one of our chief sort of prerogatives, imperatives. Um, it's know, part of the first amendment. Yeah. And like, to, to worship gods that cannot save that's Fauci, right? Like I made like underneath the little Bible verse, I had this little like animation where it was a crowd of people praying to Fauci, like save us, Dr. Fauci. You know, he was the false idol and there's still a lot of people that, that listen to him, man. And it's crazy. But anyway, I'd, I'd like to uh, see if he's made out of wood. You know, we'll we'll do the Monty Python test and see. If yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very small rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that shit. But yeah, man, it's it's just crazy. Like, I'm glad you reached out because it's um, it's it's always good to talk to somebody where you're already like at the same kind of yeah. le- level and, of and understanding. You know, I was hoping that we would run into each other again. Um, because you know, I, I end up through Indiana a lot. It's the crossroads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And since then I haven't been to Indiana. Well, that part of Indiana, at least, uh, sure. one time then, and it, it's really weird like that. But, uh, but yeah, or if, if I am in a place, sometimes I just, I I'm just fine schedule and I have to just jam, just jam as hard as I can. But, I uh, but yeah. in this case, they just haven't put me there. Um, and you never know what what goes on with the road. That's that's part of the uh, part of the thing I like about this job is you never know where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I end up living in places sometimes for uh, two or three days, and, and it's it's weird because it, you start to blossom a little life in this new place, and then then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, you know I figured you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily be an indie without hollering um if you had the time so i you know i wouldn't doubt it but that's cool man like i'll, I'll look forward to the next time you do come through town me too. um yeah me too yeah. it's always it's always yeah. fun to see a friend you know for sure and let's see there's uh there's a thing so i'm currently looking for land uh space Mm-hmm. most likely somewhere in texas just because that's where my entire family is and um and i i'd like to make that pretty convenient and plus i want to be close to one of our terminals so that really means it's either texas salt lake wyoming uh you know stuff like that just mm-hmm. yeah so uh i i need to find something in those kind of areas and uh and build out from there as far as you know as making new friends and finding finding people that are probably already in that area so uh, i i'm thinking i'm gonna jam to childerberg again this year and i hope that you'll be there and that's planning on it yep yeah 
I, I figured you would be. <laughs> it was too much fun to miss. Um, you know, the only reason I, I could come up with not to go would be financial. Um, but there's a good chance I'll be able to, you know, carpool this time around. So hopefully that'll cut the costs. Uh, it was a lot of gas, man. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of gas. Yeah, you brought the whole setup. And, I did, and- I did, but it was so worth it. Um, and that's a funny time of year because it's right after my sort of spring rush. You know, so I'm like, I make a bunch of money. And so it was easy enough to talk myself into uh, later in the summer when the money all of a sudden wasn't so flush. Uh, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, like these expenses add up. But and anyways, that's the nature of my business. It's very um, feast and famine. And when the money's there, you know, to hell with it. Let's let's go like see the community and, you know, because it is invaluable. It's invaluable. The number of friends I made, you know, um, a handful like in particular. But yeah, it's too cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many great people out there and that that's another thing about you know the the wooden idol and how that wooden idol uh divided us is that we got to see who our real friends are you know there's there's people that won't talk to me anymore and i mean good riddance uh you know if if you're hate watching that's what i said good riddance um because i i don't want to deal with anybody that that wants me to inject something that i don't want to inject i'm just not going to deal with those kind of people in my life whatsoever i i don't want those people around those people are dangerous not only to me but everybody else yeah i'm like i'm with you man um but it's tough though right like especially when it's family um that's been kind of part of what i've been dealing with um so it's hard to like outright just i don't know um disregard people you know, but I'm at really, the same time, it's a matter of like self dignity. It's like, res- you know, self-respect um, to kind of draw this line and say like, you know, hey, I've been I've been pushed around here and uh, it's something that it's too bad. It's gone on so goddamn long because the longer it goes on, the harder it is to come to a resolution with with people. And um, it's really a shame because. Like, what good was that debate for anybody? Like, it didn't. Well, it didn't we know do anybody any good. It nobody won. It, like, nobody yeah. won. Right? That's an argument where everybody lost, even those that were correct. Maybe especially those. I don't know. Everybody fucking lost. Nobody. I was about to say nobody was right, but that's the problem, isn't it? Like, we were right. We were right. Because yeah, our we argument right. was our argument was really simple. Like, no, like, no, thank you. Like, leave and, me be. Leave me be. And they still haven't even figured it out. I mean, it, the yeah. the the athletes are dropping like flies right now. And uh, or uh, I, as a joke, I saw is that they're you know flies are dropping like athletes um, because yeah, they're just you know passing out on the field. Uh, Commonly, uh, I I saw a clip yesterday where a guy's documented over uh, 300, and um, and he says that that's just what he has documented. He knows of of 
multiple thousands. So uh, I'm, I'm sure you saw the the Canadian news lady um, who oh yeah kind of stroked out or something uh, during the middle of a live broadcast, and they they cut the feed. You know, I was listening. I know you're a No Agenda fan, so you probably heard. You know, they were talking about it on the most recent episode, but they bring up a good point where it's like. You know, they're, they're kind of making a joke of it, but it's true. They're like, that's right when it was getting juicy. Like, that's good television. Like, you know, you uh, you put murder and like, you know, rape and freaking violence of all sorts on the news. And like, now we've got something real live on television and you're going to cut the feed and like, and not give us any fucking answers about it. Just pr- kind of like brush it up, you know, brush it away. Oh, like nothing to see here. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the same thing with DeMar Hamlin, where even though it was so prevalent, like everybody was talking about it, you weren't allowed to talk about it. You know, you were allowed to say, Oh, like prayers to the Hamlin family. Like, you know, my prayers are with DeMar, blah, blah, blah. But you can't ask the most obvious question without everybody saying you're jump into conclusions and you're you know just a crazy conspiracy theorist right it's crazy yeah (laughs) yeah uh so yeah they still haven't realized it yet and uh and that's pretty scary uh i i'm seeing so i i think some people are most people are just tired of it and they they wanted to move on from the beginning they just kind of got roped in and they don't they didn't have the courage and agency to be like us. So they just went along with it because mm-hmm. that's what they were supposed to do. And I, I feel slightly bad for those people, but at the same time, I I've given, I've, I, I've dealt with this long enough that I've, I've just decided that everybody that did it, you know, they, they made their choice and, um, and I'm, I'm sorry they made that choice, but I'm I'm not going to be too nice about it. Not after, yeah, everything else. I feel that I feel that like I feel like I went through a phase where it was just pure anger, right? And it was very easy in the anger phase to to be angry and to speak and to uh, use that anger. And then I kind of like shifted into just being like sad about it, you know. Like <clears throat> the longer it went on, the just realization of like the depth of brainwashing and programming and uh, just made me kind of sad. And now it's kind of like, all right, like we can't just be sad. Like we got to get to work. The anger was useful as fuel, but like sadness does the opposite. Uh, What's a healthy kind of like medium, like a, I don't know, like a resignation, a, a acceptance of the fact that you just can't save like everybody you can't you can't convince everybody you can't take everybody along with you on this journey like they're they're gonna do what they're gonna do and that's spiritual and so be it and so be it right so so you know uh that that's spiritual as well because you you know like i i've i've come to a lot of conclusions in the last year spiritually and uh and I would love to take people along with me as well. But the, the thing is, it's, it's your choice. You have to accept Jesus Christ. That's your, that's 
where an individual stands. They have to accept that. If they don't, then they're kind of screwed. So um, you can't make them follow you. And you don't want to try to make them follow you because then what what does that get you? Because if, if, you know, if you start trying to force your belief system on people, you you become something terrible, even if it is for their own good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess since you like brought it up, you know, I already said at one point, like I'm not terribly religious at this point, but that's like kind of not necessarily true. (laughs) You know, I'm not religious in the way that I used to be. I was raised very, very like gung-ho evangelical non-denominational rock and roll Jesus, you know, like mega church style fucking it, you know, like ah, Jesus rock and roll, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and there's like a shallowness to that culture that I started to become kind of aware of over time. And, um, just certain things that really rubbed me wrong. And in a way, like it was programming in its own right. Um, that I had to work through a lot of it, especially like the youth group stuff, you know, there was good and there was not so good aspects, but what I'd say now is I'm like very much like appealed to by an idea of a simpler Christianity, a like, I, you know, again, I, I find scriptures compelling and like certain people I listen to, uh, coming from maybe like the more orthodox Christian spaces make a lot of sense. And like, they, they seem like hardcore Christians, which I had never really seen before. Um, you know, what I saw was like pop culture Christian. And now I'm like kind of seeing that there's like a more, uh, there's a deeper pool to, to swim into. And, uh, the, the, the simple Christianity, like, there ain't much to it, right? Love thy neighbor, right? And it very much uh, is compatible with my anarchism. And I saw, again, I saw like a meme that just rung true to me where it said, you know, it's easy to love uh, Jesus. The hard part's loving Judas. And I'm like, damn, you know, like that kind of is what we're going through right now. The hard part is loving those who did us wrong. And like, if there's something radical in the Bible, it's the fact that like Jesus, like kissed Judas's feet, knowing that he had been betrayed. It's like, that's, that's, that's that's some wild shit, man. And that's really really hard to do. It's really hard to do, which is why it's like, you know, as, as much as I want to be like, yeah, fuck them. Like, let's just move on without them. I still try to hold out hope that like, yeah, we, we need to like lead by example. You can't force anybody to think the same way you think. Um, but I'm not going to like turn my back on people quite yet. Right. Right. Uh, and those same Orthodox guys that you're talking about, um, like uh, Buck Donson and uh, right. and uh, Matt, why can't I remember Matt's last name? Um and uh, Jay Dyer, of course, all, all of these guys, uh, they really resonated with me recently as well. Um, that's not necessarily the path that I'm on. I'm on, you know, I'm on a path toward Jesus, but I don't know exactly the right way. And I know that, that the path is narrow, but I'm 
I'm going in the right direction. I, I know that well, I, I'm going to find that path at some point, the narrow. Well, okay. So I, I, you know, again, like the different words for the same thing. Like to me, the simple Christian message is to follow the path, to, to follow the way. Like some people, you ever heard people refer to it as like the way, right? Yeah. It used to be called that. Uh, yeah. That was the, the early name for, uh, I, and the word, the word Christian is kind of new and mm-hmm. that, um, and that, that means that we're trying to imitate Christ. And, uh, and I mean, th- no one, even the, the best person, you know, can't do that. I mean, we, we're, you know, we can't imitate Christ to the, to the level that, that he is, but the whole point is to try and, um, and then go through him for everything that you can't. Well, I like, um, I like thinking of it as the way, as opposed to like the path, because it seems more, um, attainable. You know, it's kind of like, if you're off the path, how do you find the path? But like the way, like there's a right way and a wrong way, right? Like, are you going the right way? <laughs> you know, it's a little more like, yeah, that, that's a real big deal. Whenever, yeah. uh, you do what I do for a living, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Um, but yeah, you know, like I don't have any firm like convictions. I think, you know, like, like I think I think the way is a good is a good way to imagine it for me because it kind of overlaps with like Taoism and you know other philosophies. Sort of I've always considered myself like a pragmatist, and there's a lot in sort of this hmm, like how do I say narrow, like focused intent, like trying to accomplish something good and recognizing that there's a whole lot of things trying to pull you other directions. Um, you know, that's the Christian mentality. That's like, that's following the, the Tao, you know, call it what you will, but I think either you, you, you work towards being good or you, inevitably become a a weapon of evil you know it's like it's the matrix thing anybody that's not awake can be turned into an agent against us it's so clear after what we've just seen the last couple years it's 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 ridiculous how clear it is (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) yeah it's really amazing how that movie has so many really useful analogies whenever Whenever you find out how shallow the people that made it are, yeah. I, I or became, I, I I think maybe the success caused them to become that way because yeah. they, they yeah. in 1999, I'm sure that those guys were the coolest dudes to talk to. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. Like, uh, <laughs> right, you, you strike gold as a like poor artist, like a starving artist. And then you never create anything quite as good after that. Um, yeah, well, there I, sure hope, I, I hope been, that doesn't happen to guys like you and me, you know? <laughs> right. Well, first we have to get, we have to get to the top of the mountain first. Step one. <laughs> we'll step one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, they, they might've, but I haven't seen a good strokes album since they came out 20 years ago. And, mm-hmm. and then, and then, 
what now they I, I haven't seen anything new. I I could be wrong. You guys might be, you know, but that when that came out, that that was huge. And um and it might have been manufactured. I think almost everything is really. Um well it makes me actually think of like some of the kind of big figures um in our movement, if you will, or like maybe not necessarily our movement, but like in the broader culture. You know, I'm thinking of like Jordan Peterson and and Joe Rogan in particular and how like both of those dudes, like I think they've had their kind of ups and downs. Um, you know, feel free to like, if you have a different opinion, let me know. But like Jordan Peterson kind of went a little batshit for a minute and kind of like lost some of his credibility. And I think it's because he like went a little almost too close to the sun and got burnt. Right. And I think Rogan's done a better job of like keeping his steadiness, but I see like a different flaw in his character where he's almost unwilling to fully commit to the truth. You know, it's like the last week or two, I feel like half of his episodes, the guys on there seem like fucking spooks, man. You know, and um, yeah, it, all, it almost seems like he's trying too hard to play the the monkey in the middle, right? Like, as opposed to just being like, okay, y'all are wrong, y'all are right. He's trying to still appeal to both sides, and um, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. You know, I'm just kind of talking out of my butt here, but it seems like there is a way to achieve like a level of influence and maybe do it without without going totally crazy but at the same time don't be half-assing it like don't be a wuss don't don't appeal don't appeal to the evil that is so clearly there you know jordan's doing everything the the way he's supposed to right now and they're still they're still taking him up on some some uh sensitivity training or some nonsense like that in order to keep some license he doesn't even use anymore but um but that's also part of his character. So we can see that he's still being persecuted. So that, that plays into his brand is, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this doesn't hurt him one bit whatsoever. Uh, He's sold out. He's pushing an agenda of, of dangerous people. He's pushing the agenda of, of censorship right now. And he's trying to show that he's still being censored at the same time. So watch that guy. Don't trust him ever again yeah. uh yeah. he was he was nice for you know some philosophy 101 you know if you want you want the basics you can learn a lot from him but if you keep following him then you know you're you're gonna become a victim of the people who bought him hmm. so who do, you, who do you think is pulling his strings i'm curious uh, uh the people that pull lots of strings that i don't really talk about so just like fueling, you think he's just kind of at this <laughs> point, like fueling the flames of the culture war instead of doing anything of like real substance or is it? Well, see, he, he works for Shapiro now, right? Mm. That, that's who I, he I works for. He's I, pushing I the, the, uh, anti-defamation leagues agenda. Um, I, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to go too far to see who's running Jordan at this point. He mm. has, he has, uh, things where he calls out Christians and he calls out Muslims. What group is he not calling out? Hmm. So no, he's just being divisive for 
divisiveness <laughs> sake, I guess. He's he's a puppet. He's he's uh what what did I call it last week? Um he's a shekel puppet. So he's <laughs> you know he's got uh, a little coin slot on his back and they put their shackles in, wind him up and he goes, you know, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. So, that too, Does he's it, working. It almost seems like that is like an, an I don't, I don't want to say inevitability, but like a lot of these figures seem to be co-opted like slowly, but surely. I mean, what do you think about Rogan? Do you think he's like controlled opposition? I, like he's just the, uh, you know, I the, think, uh, he he is in a way in, in the way of the the people that produce his show line up his guests and everything like that can kind of feed him everything but he's going to be joe at the end of the day and he's got fuck you money so he can so, he can walk away from the table anytime but you feel like he he tends to feel authentic but like you said it almost seems like the progression of guests feels orchestrated by somebody you know so i and that uh it what i think it is is he doesn't want to lose what he's got and so he's he's got so much he wants to hang on to it he knows that he can lose it in a second and uh and be you know all these hate campaigns that came out against him uh, uh over the n-word last year it seems like ancient history i think it was only a year ago um but they they had all these things trying to cancel him and well, no, it was two years ago, and uh, and it didn't work out, and uh, and you can see that you know that they can just form these campaigns, whatever. And he's, I don't think he's necessarily scared, scared, but he wants to keep what he has. I feel like he's like playing the the radical moderate um, role, which I think is good. Like it's a useful thing. You know, I said on like my most maybe my last episode second to last episode i said like thank god for joe rogan like honestly because um he carried on a conversation that no one else was willing to carry on uh whether or not he got everything perfect i don't i don't care like i'm glad that that was out there and part of the common narrative um but it's like as time goes on is he is he serving that role still, or is he kind of a another smokescreen at times? You know, it's kind of hard to say. Well, he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of, of podcasting, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the prime people there. And uh, and this format wouldn't exist the way it does right now if it wasn't for shows like him, people right. like him. Um, so, there, it, I I. I'm glad that he's still on him uh, and I'll tune in if he's got somebody that I want to see. Um, but for the, and somebody, you know, you've made it. If you're on his show, if you're one of his guests, dude, whatever you're doing, you, you become a household name the second that you're, you're sitting in that chair. So, right, right. And, and I think that's part of the reason why they, they took control of the, of his booking. Um, and, I, they may or may not have taken control of his booking, but it seems like it. Um, it just seems like people are getting like weaseled in um, lately. Yeah. Like there's been, there's been multiple like um, intelligence, you know, people just, just so, in the last uh, few weeks. And it's kind of like, why are we hearing, 
I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because they're trying to counter all of the um, all of the criticisms that they're getting. CIA, FBI, they want to come out and say, oh, no, like it's not that bad. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I don't buy it. Like just because right. you're on Joe Rogan's show doesn't mean so, you know, I, it's like I, I kind of 90 percent trust Joe Rogan, but zero percent trust most of his guests or at least, you know, certain ones. So he had uh, Peter Hotez on, and uh, this is an old clip, but it recently resurfaced because the, this guy is is some you know uh, some bureaucrat that's uh, supposedly in charge of health, big time pusher of vaccines, big time person who says that we're dangerous because we spread misinformation about vaccines, um, and we're just telling you what's what's happening. And uh, I said at the beginning of the show with the disclaimer. I don't give advice. I'm not an advice giver. I'm just observing and, and telling you my opinion. That's that's what I do. But anyway, Hotez gets on there, uh, and Rogan gave him a little bit of pushback and found out that, that Hotez is a junk food junkie, and he's telling everybody about their health. But but having that, that little rat up there, and he is a very tiny man, and he, he might end up being the guy that replaces Fauci, uh, but having that little rat up there and, and elevating him just that that says something is is controlling the booking and, and when you're getting mouthpieces like that <clears throat> yeah yeah you know i try not to i try not to like think that everything is conspiracy right but a lot of it feels like it might be <laughs> I'm I'm so past that. It it all is. It's just yeah. (laughs) And I guess there there's a few things that naturally occur, but I feel like they control the way that that it's it's leaked out. They control the the media that so they are able to push agendas. It it seems like this uh, this weird story that came out this week about the six year old shooting the teacher, which is just crazy. Yeah, like, um, what? Yeah, I, I barely looked into it. I didn't look into it at all. I just heard about it. So tell me what you know. Well, uh, I, I, I know just the surface of it, but I, um, but as far as the way that it's come out and all the the gun legislation that's coming through this week, like Chicago slash Illinois in general, is is getting. Uh, bans on everything something along the lines of if if um it loads a round after a round is fired then it's it's not allowed in illinois which is that's just insane um so anything that that is semi-automatic it's just banned you know and that's almost everything and uh, i hear i hear a lot of sheriffs are pushing back on that though so that's encouraging right but yeah well we're about to see it all kind of all of this stuff is about to come to a head. The ATF just uh, came out with a short barrel rifle designation for if you use a, uh, um, what is it called? It's um, it's a brace. But if you put this brace on your pistol, then it becomes a rifle according to them. And, and short barrel rifles, they don't give you any sort of advantage necessarily. Uh, it's just except, something that gangsters con- used to use concealability would be the right the argument that would be the argument but as someone who's 
you know, who knows something about this, like it's still pretty bulky, man. Like you're not going to hide that under anything less than like a really long trench uh, cloak or whatever. And it, like you said, it really doesn't give you an advantage um, tactically. Well, the short, short barrel. I mean, you'd rather have a long barreled rifle. uh, But the thing is short barreled without, a brace slash uh, what they're calling a stock. I won't call it a stock because it's a brace. Um, and uh, you get slightly the aiming advantage of just having another place to touch the rifle um, in your shoulder. You're going to have a much steadier aim if you have if you have more ways to touch the rifle. Um, but Which but I, I don't like think an that, argument. That seems like the, an argument for the safe. You know, that's more like an accurate rifle is a safer rifle right that that and uh and so are we going to start banning things because they're more accurate because that that seems a little screwed up yeah like do you want do you want collateral in the event that these get used um the thing is it's it, it all goes back to the flawed argument that like you you should never expect to have to use these for what they were in fact, made for. Right. You know, the only thing I ever really want to shoot is paper. But, you know. Uh, it was designed as a weapon of war. Like, we'll be honest about it. Like, fuck this argument about it's a sporting weapon or whatever. It's, a you know, it's for, you know, it's, you know, just for sport and hunting and nothing else. No, it's to repel fascists. It's to stop agents of an unfriendly force and we'll leave it at that you know like and it really does it pisses me off because it's like so you're saying that if the barrel is x length i'm cool it everything's kosher if i am half an inch shorter i can spend 10 freaking years in jail like How's that fair? How's that make any damn well, sense? It's not even, it's so disproportionate. They just want you to get a stamp. And yeah, so they're looking yeah. for more excuses for a stamp. And so I, I'm going through right now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a suppressor. And uh, I bought the thing at the end of September. And it's just floating around in legislation hell of, of bureaucrats just sitting there, you know, deciding if I can have this thing that I bought. Cause I paid for it. I've paid for it in full, but they got to decide whether I can have it. And I paid them extra so that I could buy it. I paid them extra money so that I could buy something from somebody else. Tell me if it's, um, if it's true or not, but I saw something about like with this change in law with the braces, blah, blah, blah. They're doing like a, you know, apply in the next 90 days and you get your tax stamp for free no two hundred dollar charge is that is that is that legit yeah i think that it's within 120 days and yeah that that they have this period where if you register and that's the whole thing is is Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to register these things then again yet all your information is in a database i i guarantee you they've been collecting they know exactly what you got and i i i'm sure of that so um, because when they start knocking on your door and that that's really when it's too late, 
Uh, but when they start knocking on their your door, they're going to tell you what you have, or they'll ask you what you have, and then they'll catch you in a lie if mm-hmm. you do lie. But that, yeah, sketchy. Well, it's like kind of pisses me off because you know maybe this is a stretch, but uh, it almost feels similar to having to pay taxes despite them printing, you know, gobs and gobs of money, uh, right? the fact that they're saying we can give you these tax stamps that you supposedly need to be supposedly legitimate. We can give them to you for free, but the, you know, we just choose to charge you $200. Right. But to, to try to play nice because we're changing the rules a little bit and, you know, to ease your suffering and your, you know, inconvenience, we're going to let you have this one for free. It's like it's just kind of insulting, I think, um, to one's intelligence. Like the fact that you can print all this money and still charge me for my little bit of taxation is insulting to my intelligence. Right. And if they were anywhere near about being responsible with weapons, they wouldn't have left a whole shit ton of over in Afghanistan. And uh, and. Instead, they're printing the money so that they can support um, a war in a country that most people didn't even know the name of a year ago. Yeah, you got so. nothing against a AK-47 in the hands of a 16-year-old U- Ukrainian boy, but a 20-year-old American's not allowed to have a AR-15. You know, it's like, I guess you know, a 20-year-old American can't have an AR-15. Some places, not all places, though. And it's just it's it seems awfully hypocritical. You know, they're clearly just afraid of their own people. Uh, right. I, I see it like this. It, it's as simple as this. At any age that you're allowed to legally acquire property, you should be legally allowed to defend it. Mm, sure. Yeah. So, so does that include an automobile? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I, say I, so. I you know. think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, you know, I, I think everybody <laughs> needs to be responsible with what they have, but you know, um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be sad if the age got younger. Um, but you know, like I said, everybody has to be responsible and, you know, not let six-year-olds get a hold of stuff and let it get into the, their classroom. That's just insane. That, yeah, that is crazy. It, that feels so manufactured to me. And, and <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta wonder. I mean, was the gun from? Do they claim to know where the gun came from? Was it the teachers? Was it the parent of the kids? Was it? I I haven't even got that detail. I yeah. I just saw the uh, the crazy. English woman who's not English. She does not descend from England. Look at her complexion. So, you know, she went from wherever she came from, India probably looks like, to England and then to the United States. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> so I, I responded because I'm mean. I said, you know, if you don't like our gun laws here, go back to where you came from. And then when you get there, go back to where you really came from. But, you know, I mean like that. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Yeah, well, I, you know, I guess I don't know about this story. It sounds like if it's real, it's like just a tragedy, like just a random fluke tragedy. And, uh, 
you know, frankly, it's just not our, it's not our responsibility to, to expect to be able to stop every freak accident. Shit happens, you know, like, but it is, you know, whoever's gun that was, was negligent and should be held responsible. Right. Period. Right. You know, Whether like, it's the parent or it could have even been the teacher. That's, yeah. that's another thing. I I don't know. I doubt it, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know the full story. And uh, I, I haven't really delved deep into stories at this point in the week. Um, I, I'm going to go on a, a news binge later because, uh, because tomorrow I'm doing burn Babylon burn with, uh, I got Rob Brisky coming in and uh, I love episodes that I do with him because he's, he knows another angle of stuff that I've seen. So it's really mm. always fun. Yeah. But, cool. uh, but yeah, um, let's see. Uh, I, so I was just talking about uh, a little while ago, actually in the conversation that I'm, I'm looking for a spot to live right. and, um, and what should I do as someone who's never home as far as getting something going that will, you know, just be there and not just, you know, get all gross and everything like that. I'm, I'm thinking blackberries is, is pretty good because they kind of maintain themselves, things that maintain yeah. themselves. <clears throat> yeah. I just focus on perennials in general. Um, I mean, it depends on what works where you're at, but like, I guess Texas has some good soil. Texas has a lot of really crummy soil. So if you do buy a place, like first and foremost, when you're shopping, you want to assess for like the kind of three priorities are water access and structures. Um, so do you have usable structures, i.e. a house and a workshop, you know, barn, something outbuilding, um, how easy is it to get from the road, like to the back of the property? That's your access. And then water, like, is there a pond? How much rain are you getting? Is there a Creek? Uh, how does water flow across the landscape when the rains come? You know, if, if it all just kind of, yeah, it, it all depends on the individual property, what you're going to do with it. But if you have a good basis of those kind of three elements, um, over time, you know, you can build your soil. You could basically have like whatever you want. You know, if it were me, I would, I would plant fruit trees and, and berries. If it was something you wanted to walk away from for two weeks at a time and not, not worry about, um, you know, forget about animals, forget about really like vegetables to a large extent, you can do some things, but, uh, yeah, just perennial fruit and like nuts. You know, okay, yeah, that that makes a lot of and sense. And I'd think yeah. about maybe I'd think about trying to look for a place where you could, you know, potentially hunt some game if you're far enough out. And like, even if it's just small stuff, like, right, know, squirrel, if you got squirrels a and nut whatever, tree, but yeah, the squirrels will just infest it, you know, and maybe, so. <laughs> maybe you can, maybe you can invite in deer like over time, you know, um. But a lot of what you want to be thinking about when you're shopping is like, what does this property, what is it adjacent to? Um, are there corridors for wildlife? Is there water like storage on, you know, natural bodies of water on site? Um, all that stuff. Yeah, I would think seriously about drilling a core sample because 
sometimes you might have six inches of decent soil, but it's like very, very near. There's very little subsoil. And then you just hit bedrock, in which case you're never going to have good trees. Like some places will have a couple feet of topsoil. Some places will have six to eight inches before just hitting bedrock. Um, so it just depends. So I've noticed that that in South Texas, it seems like the trees only get a certain height. Is it just their their age, or is it um, is it something else? Is it <laughs> is it how that they're they're allowed to get down? It might be that. It might just be lack of water. Um, yeah, hard to say. But yeah, generally, if it's dry and there's not a lot of topsoil, everything's just small. Um, that's how it is. You know in utah where i was it's like just scrubby little like four foot tall trees um but yeah i wouldn't think about growing anything frankly if that's what you're buying you know i would just at that point maybe grow everything like indoors you know set up automated systems that can grow food with next to no daily maintenance you know but that's that's, a really cool idea yeah there's there's different you know there's different stuff you can like you can have systems with fish that have, you know, salad greens growing in like a raft on the water, you know, growing in like IBC totes, which I'm sure you haul plenty of, um, you know, you cut the top out of an IBC tote, you stock it with some tilapia, you grow stuff. And there's kind of a cycle where you pump the water up through the plants and the plants eat up some of the, you know, fish droppings, whatever. Um, and the, the fish kind of nibble at the the roots of the plants and there's a little bit of a mutual benefit. You still have to feed, you know, feed the fish a little bit, but it's a cool way to grow food without having to do anything out in the hot Texas sun, you know, but certain areas of Texas are really nice. Just depends. Yeah. 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 So, so long as it's not filled with a sticker burst, like our campsite was last year. Yeah. Yeah, well, you even think about, I was shocked at Childerberg at how little all those deer were. So, like, all the deer were teeny, teeny tiny, like, two and a half foot tall deer. And I'm used to seeing, like, big boys, you know? And it's because they don't have much to eat, so they don't grow much, you know? They're just pygmy. They're uh, they're stunted, yeah, in that region, they're, they're like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of small deer, especially like out where I'm at in this whole hill country region. But well, uh, you know, yeah. I was gonna say the one other thing I could say is you could think about doing greenhouses and stuff if you are in like a challenging environment. You know, it's a lot of investment, but setting up a greenhouse and hauling in a bunch of compost and kind of like containing your growing. Um, that way you can, you can put shade cloth over the greenhouse during the heat, you know, the heat of the summer, take it off in the winter. You can kind of control the environment more, keep it humid, you know, irrigate it. Um, but you know, Texas, certain areas, you're almost shit out of luck just trying to like start a garden. It takes a lot of, a lot of prep. Yeah. And if I don't have time for that kind of prep, then it's, yeah i'm not gonna get you might you might honestly be better off uh making friends with farmers in your general like area 
and just buying direct from them, right? I, I really like yeah. the idea of, of of having berry like you know uh, blackberries and uh, and pecans, just because I, I know that those grow almost everywhere in Texas. Sure, and well, there there you, you know, go. And then it, and then you'll attract the kind of wildlife that you want at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I shouldn't I shouldn't like um, discourage you know you can take a pretty rough pretty rough area and like improve it over over time but it takes years and years of uh of soil improvement so but yeah i mean you're talking you're talking the right language as far as grow what you know works where you're at it's as simple as that look around and find a place that already has it yeah like look at look at the neighborhood see what everybody's doing if people have gardens cool if they don't there might be a reason yeah. Right, right. Yeah, uh, there's not enough water. I know that uh, that my dad had to uh, get rid of a garden just because he wasn't able to to water it um, mm-hmm. at the rate that it needed. We had a big drought for a, a while, and then then as soon as he takes the garden down, it rains. <laughs> Go figure. Yep, that's how it goes. It's like yep. you know, the one day you don't bring your raincoat, that's the day it rains. Yep. The, there's the nature and then there's the Murphy's law. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I tell you, man, I'm like thinking about kind of what we, what we brought this show up to begin with, like building community. And I, I guess I'm curious. So like, if you're thinking about shopping for land, do you have any strategy to like scope out sort of who's living there already? Or like, are you, reaching out to people in your network and trying to see what's available near them. Like, how are you playing that? Uh, I I'm just measuring options right now. I, I don't think that I could get, I, I, I probably just can't get people to commit to it, but it, this is going to be one of those things. I I'm going to build it. I'm going to make something and then, uh, and then hopefully be able to attract a few people to it. Um, but I, I'm going carefully over demographics and things like that, just so that, you know, so that I, I'm in a place that I, I'm going to feel comfortable and, you know, that there's looking at the data and then there's getting into it in reality and going out and seeing the neighborhood. Um, and those, those can be very different things, but, you know, I, I'm going to try to find a place that, um, that is, probably uh, I certainly want a place that's red and the only places that are blue are, are urban areas mm-hmm. uh anyway in texas that's just how it is it's like every every city is a blue dot and then everything around it is red so um i just don't want i i don't want people actively advancing socialism i i'd rather people that 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 are trying to a little bit at least put the brakes on it even mm-hmm. though they're they haven't really figured it out. Well, I'm, I'm kind of just thinking in terms of like strategy and like, cause I'm not going to be that far behind you. Hopefully I'm hoping to get my hands on some land and um, I'm kind of just playing the thought experiment of how I'd maybe search, you know, and doing it efficiently to where I'm not just looking at every property on Zello that looks interesting, but like, maybe tapping into a more personal network and finding, finding a place 
specific um, or in a specific area. And I'm, I'm almost thinking about like the no agenda meetups and you never know, like you go to something like that and you get talking to people, there might be somebody there that's got a hundred acres of ranch land that might sell you four acres for a reasonable price. Or, you know, that's, I mean, that's just kind of like speculating, but I'd almost rather buy a chunk of somebody else's land who's in my network, in my community, you know, starting just there, as opposed to hoping to attract people just, just for you, you know, from you, from your network, tapping into something that already exists could be worth doing. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know who, uh, Derek Rose is? Uh huh. Yeah. He's got these, uh, freedom cells and I, that reminded me of that, that I need to check into that. And maybe there's somebody already in that network that, that is going to do whatever I'm going for anyway. So, um, I'm approved for, a a massive loan that I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to pay off. Um, but you know, going from there is, is where I'm at at this point. Um, I I'm happy that, that the, uh, the bankers will, uh, will take my credit, but you know, I assume (laughs) you don't have to use the entire thing. Do you? Oh no, no, I I don't intend to. I, I mean, I know, uh, I, I'm trying to go for less than half of what I'm approved for because I, I, I know how the system is predatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've almost been afraid to even try. Cause like, I, I figure they don't like a guy that's self-employed. Generally speaking, they want to see pay stubs. <laughs> so I, I have no idea how it's going to go for me. Uh, the day I do start hunting for property, but my hope would be just to pay straight up, uh, you know, but that's, that's a big endeavor. got to make a lot of money to buy property for cash. Right. Especially these days. Um, the, the markets aren't really getting any better. Um, looking at it and I'm just like, how is this this much? But, then again, uh, I'm seeing land without anything on it going for what I would consider good prices. And I'm, I'm wondering what's up with that as well. You know, there's something to be said for buying unimproved, putting an Airstream camper on it and, uh, you know, build a house over, over time and yeah, just a double, generator double its a value. Yeah. Yeah. Jug of water will, you know, get you through. Um, mm-hmm. especially with the amount of time that I intend to spend there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I got to figure it out. And that, that's something that that's where I'm at right now. I'll figure it out uh, probably soon because I, I know that the, uh, the people that know that I can afford to buy are going to try to sell. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it were me, I would just really try to go somewhere that has a vibrant, like local food economy that's a really good way to ensure at least some level of long-term stability. If there's an active farmer's market, like that's a really good sign, you know? Right. Right. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense. Um, but then also those places are usually populated. So um, maybe with too many people, I don't know. 
Let's yeah. just yeah. go through the data and then show up and then see it, see if I like it. Yeah. 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 Well, anywho, I guess I, I'm curious to ask you because I'm I know you're more active on Twitter. Like what's what's the Twitter world like these days? Is it is it truly like getting better or is it crazy? Is it how's Elon doing? Is Elon a good I, guy? I don't know what to think of any of it, frankly. It's all kind of <laughs> like all the Twitter files. I, I keep I keep up with it. Um, it's kind of like disheartening and um and I don't know if it's better or worse or what to what to make of it. Should I get on Twitter? Is that where all the action's at? Is that is that the battleground I'm, of tomorrow? Like what the fuck, you know? I'm seeing a lot of people get freed, but um yeah. they're still experiencing can't say certain things about certain things. Okay. So um so yeah, they're still censoring. And um then I've also noticed a lot more it's since really since the that veil came off since they they unlocked that door uh all kinds of porn came in i i, I see so much more porn in the Weird. last couple months. um but yeah uh I, hopefully they're i i know that they recognize that they have a problem with the really really disgusting uh criminal type of porn and think that hopefully might be... they're going after that but the <laughs> the regular stuff is showing up a lot more. Why, why do you think that is like, I guess part I, of I me, think... part of me wonders if that could be some kind of like intentional, like somebody doing it to Twitter to try to like disrupt it or. Wow. You're more conspiratorial like, than like me. <laughs> spam- I mean, spamming with porn is nothing new though. Right? Like, yeah. Well, my opinion and this, this is, probably one of the more normy things that I could think is that uh, they had all these de-elevate things on, on people that they had built up over the years. And I I've noticed I get interaction in a chat room with 150 people on telegram. So I, I say something in there and I'll end up getting tons of likes on it because it, you know, it's solid take, right? I'll say the same exact thing on Twitter, get maybe two. And a lot of those two are the same people that are in that chat room. So, um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've been de-elevated and uh, I, I could be wrong. Uh, I, I'm sure that a lot of people just think that it's got to be somebody on the outside and not that no one's interested in what you got to say. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I think that the, the elevate thing that they just turned off that gate uh, for some people and then they turn it on other people um, mm-hmm. because yeah, my, my interaction has been pretty bad. Yeah. I never, I never was very active on Twitter, um, but I know that's like where a lot of the action is. Um, so I'm tempted to put my toe in the water, but it's like, is it even worthwhile? It seems kind of, chaotic at the moment like not, well not... <laughs> I, I think it's fun it's uh it, it's a way to see what the current news is and mm-hmm. see what people are t- saying about it um i i'm in um an echo chamber and i i've willed myself into it if i see certain kinds of takes that i 
don't want to have anything to do with, I'll mute them, block them, whatever I have to do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know that they, they were trying to cram like Jojo from Jersey down everybody's throat. I'm like, mute. Don't want to see this. Um, and then, then you see these characters, like this whole Andrew Tate fiasco, uh, they, they blew him up. I mean, they, they did that all on purpose. Uh, yeah. There is no freaking way that that, that uh, wasn't manufactured. Yeah, I'd never heard of the guy till about three or four months before he got arrested. I'm like, why? I don't give a fuck. I really don't. Right. Like, I it, don't. Care. It's so funny because I hadn't heard of him and uh, heard of him at all. And then one day I'm in an Uber and the the driver's talking about him. And the next thing I know. Uh, he's all over Twitter, and then the next thing I know, he's canceled. So, uh, that that was how that it, it was. It was one of those rises that makes you suspicious. And yeah, I'm completely suspicious of that guy. Um, especially knowing what we know about him, I I don't think I don't think he's necessarily Epstein level, but he's probably tied into that network in some way. Um, be. and and that that's what it looks like to me at least at this point we'll we'll see what happens with that uh a whole bunch of people think he might just be getting persecuted because he says base things about women but i mean you know those kind of things have been said on this show and and we haven't gotten any persecution but we also haven't got any reach well so. you didn't you didn't commit the the mortal sin of talking back to greta thornburg you know oh. <laughs> With some, some I don't nonsense. think she would respond if I did. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. She would not. But dude, it's it's just one more level of like these these stories that are put in front of us that are just like, what man? Like, what's the point of any of it? It it's silly. I don't. I I don't know, man. I I try not to um, get emotionally invested in like anything I hear anymore. And it's almost it gives you a headache just to even try to block it because it's so in your face. Um, you know, and it's like I I'm starting to believe more and more that we are maybe heading towards this world where most people decide to plug into a matrix um, of sorts, like voluntarily just to get some like peace and like, ooh, I'd rather go live in a fantasy then address what's happening in real, you know, real life because real life is, is crazy uh, and chaotic and it's hard to make sense of, you know, I, I hope we don't end up in Wally, you know, but that's where I think we might be in, in yeah, so long, <laughs> you know, that's exactly the of, type of dystopia I expect. Oh man, a bunch of plugged in fatties <laughs> riding around on, you know, rascal scooters, like with, with soda, pop like on an iv drip (laughs) you've seen the stuff from the world economic forum where they're they're talking about 15 minute cities which is not necessarily a bad idea i mean that that's kind of what you want in any kind of community that you're building is 15 minutes to the grocery store 15 minutes to this and that and everything that you need right uh it's very convenient but uh but yeah it's not necessarily a bad thing but i think that that there that whole thing is built on the agenda to keep everybody in the same space. They want mm-hmm. you to stay in your zone. They'll have 
things that are telling you that you're getting out of your zone. Um, most people rely on their phone so much that, that it'll just geolocate you and, and drones will turn you back. They'll come down and be like, Fedison, get out of here. You know, uh, it, it, it's really easy to, to, um, to put this barless prison in place with the kind of technology that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to turn off your electric stove and your electric car and, uh, you're, you've run out of ESG points. So you're, you're on citizens, uh, you're, you're on uh, house arrest for the next 10 days or whatever. We'll, we'll deliver some gruel every morning and that's what you get. I, it's terrifying to think that that might honestly happen, but people seem to just like be letting it happen. I, I get a little bit, um, I don't know. I get angry just thinking about the the lack of pushback in general. It's a small number of us, it seems like. Like, why well, are people not up in arms already? They don't tell everybody. You know, well, they, we have to go digging. We have to watch really boring videos with bad music and bad acting to see what they're up to. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we spread it around in our little echo chambers and stuff like that. But then whenever it comes out to the normies, uh, the normies have, have been conditioned to accept it. I think that uh, we're going to get really deep into uh, the gas stove thing tomorrow uh, whenever I'm, I'm doing the show with Rob. But, uh, but from here, I, I think that the reason they want to take away your gas and they want to take away your gas car, it's the same thing. It's, you know, uh, the gas car isn't plugged in to the smart appliance network. So the, so your gas stove's not plugged in the same way. So they, they can sit here and monitor your usage of, of normal household items. And, and people, people connected their washing machine to their Wi-Fi without even thinking about it. They were like, oh, this is cool. It it's connects to the Wi-Fi. What? Why the hell would you do that? Yeah, yeah. You need, you need your phone to go off when your dryer's done, like when you're in the other room or like what you have to know. Yeah. It doesn't make a whole, it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense on a practical level. I'm glad to have old trucks and, you know, old shit, you know, my, well, shit, I just fumbled, but it's like <laughs> nothing. I, nothing I have is connected to the Wi-Fi except for this laptop and this phone. And I'm, I'm glad to keep it that way. Even that's too much at times. I, you know, if I wasn't choosing to like be a content creator, I'd be tempted to just be done with all of it. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it's easier said yeah, than done. And you have all the skills and knowledge to uh, to survive out there for a long time. Oh, I don't know about that. It's not as easy as it <laughs> sounds. You know, we all try to kid ourselves, but we're not we're not half the men our ancestors were. Really, uh, at least not yet. But in some ways, I think we're being called to be right. Like go go back a little bit to that more primal lifestyle. Uh, you know, kill what you eat and take care of yourself, right? Yeah, but, I think that's uh, the bifurcation of the situation is that that they they've got guys that are are like us that have been um, 
experiencing the good times that make weak men and becoming weak men because of it. Um, and now, you know, so we, we've figured a few things out. We haven't figured it all out by any stretch. Um, but they want to funnel all those weak men and reward them for their weakness into those smart cities where they connect their appliances to their Wi-Fi and, uh, and get rid of their, their gas appliances because they want to cut you off. And that, that's the thing is if you got an electric car, the electric car, it, it cannot, not only do they have kill switches, they can tell them to go where they want them to go. They can tell them to, to just drive you up straight to the police. Cause you, uh, you broke your carbon allowance. Mm -hmm. it, it's not just, it's not just, Oh, well, this person did a, a crime and they're in trouble. Uh, the, the thing is they're making up crimes. They're turning, they're creating crimes at this point, especially with the uh, rampant environmentalism. Um, and it's not even environmental at all, but they're making up their own crimes and they can just sit here and, and arrest people for, um, for things that, that are just surviving, just, you know, just being a person or whatever. Yeah. I think, uh, there's something to be said for like, they're, they're basically trying to make existence criminal without like jumping through X number of hoops. Um, great meme once said, uh, this, this meme that I read that you're the carbon they're trying to reduce. Right. Right. At the same time though, they're trying to, they're trying to fatten us up. Maybe we're part of the sequestration program, right? Like let's stuff as much carbon into this entity before we bury it. Except that, that oh. wouldn't work. Most of us get cremated. So we go right well, back up no. there. This is a new thing, and you may or may not have heard of it, but uh, in several states, they've started making human composting a thing. Right. I have heard about this. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Soylent Green, y'all. Well, you know, the thing about that is, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of, I see the appeal of the idea, right? Like I've said before, like put me in a wooden box, plant an oak tree on top of me, like I want to break down into the soil. Like I don't want to be embalmed. I don't want to be encased in concrete. I don't want to be encased in steel. Um, but where it gets a little twisted is when they start saying, we're going to compost you and then reintegrate your biomatter into the food system and feed that to other people. It's kind of icky and kind of sacrilegious in a lot of ways. And like just, it goes against like um, sort of treating the dead with respect, right? Like, right. It's one thing to say, I want, I want to be broken down into the earth and have a tree grow over top of me. It's another thing to say, I want to be turned into lettuce and fed to my neighbors, you know, like that's kind of weird. That's extremely weird. And, <laughs> and they'll, they'll, they'll introduce it. They won't even tell you. Uh, there's so many things that, that they'll just sneak up on you. Um, I, I've noticed food. Uh, I'll read the ingredients and then notice that it's been bioengineered or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not eating that. Um, but in this case, they might not even tell you. Just... Well, and that's the thing. I buy I buy compost in bulk, like from a variety of places. And as a gardener, I'll tell you, I really don't want. 
to get to the point someday where I'm, you know, spreading compost and I come across a fingernail, you know, like, or a tooth. No, thank you. Um, (laughs) like that'll kind of turn me off to gardening. Let's not ruin a good thing, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, that'll be the new name. Well, what's that? What's the new name? So, so they, um, they used to call people that like hitmen. They would, they would be like calling a cleaner. Cleaner. Um, yeah. Now it's uh, the gardener. Yeah. It's calling a gardener. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I've always said if you needed to get rid of a body, you know, building a raised bed garden wouldn't be the worst way to do it. I just wouldn't eat out of that garden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah but hiding a body hey perfect you just you know build it build it tall enough cover it with dirt you're good you know stock it with worms but no i think uh there is a full frontal assault like on our health and on our food system as a whole you know and um this whole thing about they want us fat and stupid like because it's so easy to fatten up a bunch of people on sugar you know when all when all we're growing is corn they have to feed it to something, you know, we're just kind of like, they're treating us as, as cattle for their surplus of grain. And, you know, just a, just a convenient way to take, you know, pennies and turn them into dollars basically via corn syrup. It's really disgusting when you boil it down. And, you know, I, I hear about how like the uh, American diabetes association, you know, is basically like, in partnership with kidney like dialysis clinics and stuff like the revenue from diabetes funds, the diabetes association, which is kind of weird. And like a lot of their advice is very wrong. If you take advice from the diabetes association, you're eating way too much sugar based on like their recommend recommendations. They talk about this on no agenda quite a bit, but it's like, same thing with the American Cancer Association. Like it's just kind of shady when they seem more interested in like suing a company for the use of the color pink in reference to breast cancer uh, than they actually seem to like solving the problem of breast cancer. They're, 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 it's just another mega corporation disguised as a charity. And there's so much of that going on. Um, I digress, but like, that's why we need to take health and food super, super seriously, because there is no sovereignty without you know, good health and good nutrition at a like local scale. We're totally at their whim if we don't take control of that. That's something that I, that I wanted to add to this as well is, yeah, yeah, you are subject to what they're doing. And, and I'm hearing right now I, I was just seeing this on Infowars, and I'd seen it in a couple other places beforehand, but uh, it looks like they're intending to vaccinate all the uh, livestock. And and so they're going to get the mRNA in you one way or another. And that's pretty bad. Then they're talking about vaccines for honeybees. That's really bad. So you're saying uh, they're going to give the COVID-19 vax to the livestock like to cattle and sheep and goats is that what i'm hearing or just a mrna vax 
I think that they're just going to change the format of vaccines to mRNA, and then they'll just give them whatever they feel like shooting them up again. So, yeah, that's it's really sketchy. And if you're following the the ag issues that we're having, um, then you know that they they killed off a bunch of birds last year for the avian flu that right. they made up with their with their PCR tests. So. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an assault. It, this this is really big, um, and it, it's incredible, really, is how you stop the food supply or or taint the food supply for such a a robust society. I mean, really, we live in probably the greatest society ever made, mm-hmm. and and here they are actively doing things to destroy it. And you don't find Billy Gates too far away from any of this stuff. He's got it, either his hand in it uh, or he's paying the people that do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's almost too complex to even summarize. Like, yeah, Bill Gates is a part of it. Yeah, like Monsanto's a part of it. Um, you know, I, I tend to try to like get almost beyond conspiracy and just recognize that these are infinitely complex systems that are basically self-perpetuating like feedback loops of, of evil if, if left unchecked. And if we allow them to, you know, we're feeding the beast by consuming what they sell us. Right. We're part of the problem. (laughs) Like, it's definitely. so there are definitely conspiracies, but like, I think it's helpful to recognize that there doesn't necessarily have to be a conspiracy, um, to everything, like for it to, to be real and for it to be happening and for it to be bad. Uh, you know, is the American diabetes association actually evil? I don't think so. Are they evil by virtue of being a bureaucracy with basically self-interested individuals at their core. Um, you know, that's it. It's, you know, it's what they call like the iron law of bureaucracy. Have we ever talked about this or have you ever heard of this? I don't think you and I have discussed it, but, and I've heard of it, but, uh, but go ahead and explain it. The premise is that like, when it comes to bureaucracy, there's two types of people. There's people who serve the mission and there's people who serve the bureaucracy itself. Right. So whether that be like schools, you have the teachers that are trying to teach kids generally, not all of them, but you know, some of them do try. Uh, And then you have the administrators who don't teach, who don't educate in any capacity. They serve the, the beast itself and sort of the law states that, you know, when a, when a bureaucracy gets to a certain size, it ceases to fulfill its own mission. It simply fulfills its own interests. It becomes a self, you know, perpetuating self, uh, defending organism that kind of loses track of the mission at hand and serves only the existence of itself. Uh, and that's what we have. That's what we have a lot of times with these these whether it be government or massive corporations these bureaucracies are just they're they're off the rails 
and they find success and failure most of the time. So what happens is they'll they'll drop the ball on some scenario and then they'll, you know, then all the Congress critters, they'll get out there and say, hey, well, these guys need more money so they don't drop the ball again. And that might create a, an entirely new bureaucracy, a new, new department, or just get uh, hell of funding into their department. So failing is not necessarily uh, unsuccessful for them. They, they fail and become successful out of it. So, it, for instance, uh, think of 9-11. Uh, we didn't have a Department of Homeland Security until then, right? Mm-hmm. And now, look at them. They're, they're in almost everything. Uh, and so they created this entire department out of this scenario for situations that we already had handled by other departments. But they said, handling this is just too much work. Let's create a team that's dedicated to this one specific thing. And then we'll spread them as thin as possible. Well, it almost <clears throat> like I, I almost wonder. This might be kind of hard to phrase, but I, I'll be curious to get your response. Like, what percentage do you think, when it comes to things that we might consider conspiracies, um, what percentage of them do you think are a reaction, i.e., like a cover-up to a to to a fuck-up of some kind? versus something like proactive like how many how many conspiracies are trying to undo a mistake versus trying to proactively like induce some desired outcome so you'll see a lot of the stuff that that was uh put in motion over the last couple of years with this virus Mm -hmm. was uh in in legislation back in 2005 i know specifically 2005 but uh but the years before that they laid up the groundwork and then the crisis shows up and so the crisis shows up and then they there's they start using all this stuff that's been sitting there for 15 20 years so um I, I think, for instance, you know, like uh, when you look at certain kinds of crises, uh, I'm thinking of uh, George George Floyd, for instance, that whole situation. Mm-hmm. Now, if you need a crisis of somebody getting killed by the police, that happens every single day. You you can just highlight that one. You just got to get you know the good footage of it. So you don't necessarily make something like that happen. You just put a whole lot of energy into that one thing that happened. There's so many more people that have died in so, so many less just ways since then. They're, they're not focusing on it. They're not interested in it. This served their agenda. So they had you know every camera they could possibly point on it, and, uh, and then they got what they wanted out of it. So I don't know uh, how many things that we're, we're dealing with, if they were created or if they just emphasize them well again maybe it's more you know i'm probably oversimplifying it even with that question it's probably more like a self-perpetuating kind of domino effect right one fuck up leads to a cover-up leads to a conspiracy to commit some kind of heinous crime to get ahead of the next thing that got screwed up whatever so on and so forth and it just keeps snowballing until you know it's right. it's kind of like we're we're in we're in this phase of like standing 
like dumbfounded looking around like how did we get here like how did this insane amount of bureaucracy even get built like how did how did the train get this far off the tracks and um i you know it's like where do you even begin on what to do about it except to start building you know parallel societies and parallel structures um you know again it makes me i almost get angry at like previous generations like how'd y'all let us get to this point you know you left us with a heck of a mess here but they were all just going with the flow following the programming um i don't know man do you think there's like uh, some kind of cycle to this stuff like some kind of spiritual ebb and flow oh yeah that's where that's where i tend to come to when I think about I, this stuff. I, I talked about it with tunes last week, but uh, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier in our conversation that it's uh it's that whole uh great men make good times, good times make weak men, weak men make hard times, hard times make great men. Yeah. And we're we're in that cycle. We're just in in an area of a cusp of uh of weak men and uh good times. And so we're we're about to see those good times become hard times because we've got, you know, we've got all these Trudeaus out there. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Um, you know, patterns are easy enough to recognize. It's uh it's knowing how to accommodate to the next stage in the in the pattern that some people hesitate to even do. Um once again, coming back to like people you love that aren't on the same page as much as you might want to drag them kicking and screaming it's just not possible we're uh whether we like it or not we're we're the point we're at the we're at the tip of the spear you know what i mean yeah we got to figure it out and uh and we're running out of time which is always fun um no time like no time like the deadline to get it done yeah there's certain things that that I see that are rolling into motion, and I'm thinking, oh well, we're this is really tight. Um, but before uh, I, I'm thinking about wrapping up, are you cool mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. All right. Well, before uh, before I go, tell everybody how to find you. Uh, if you want to like send me a message, best place is Instagram. I'm Mike underscore the underscore polymath. Uh, if you want to email me, you can go to my website, easypeasygardens.com and hit the contact tab. Uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's the easy peasy podcast. Easy peasy is one word spelled out E A S Y P E A S Y. Um, imagine two little anarchy A's, you know, in easy peasy, (laughs) but, uh, look for that, look for that Peapod logo. That's kind of my, my call sign. And yeah, I, uh, I guess if you're curious, uh, I, I did write a book since I talked to you last, I'll tell you about that real quick. There we go. Called Hey Duke 2029. Um, it's available on Amazon, but for some reason it's hard to find in the search. I still need to get that worked out. So you can find it on my link tree, um, on my Instagram. But yeah, it's a it's a novel. It's good fun. Um, kind of a near future post blackout world where uh, the heroes 
strive to get to the bottom of the truth and and get it out to the rest of uh, the good people of Earth. <laughs> awesome. You, you know, you you talked about that with me a, a little while ago, but you didn't tell me that that the wheels had rolled. So you're oh you yeah, finished it. That's that's yeah, I, badass. I just kind of hunkered down and got it done, and uh, yeah, spent like a month writing it and a month kind of getting it edited and and formatted and yeah pretty pretty cool process i think i'll have to start doing you know maybe a couple a year writing writing fiction it's uh it's a good outlet for me uh good compliment to my lifestyle and you know a way to kind of spread the ideas in a different form right like a little less directly uh but through stories and in some ways i think that's almost more effective instead of trying to you know jam stuff down people's throat kind of you know give it to them in a in a palatable way right right spread spread, awesome. spread the love of freedom uh in all forms in all forms badass congratulations uh, i'm i'm glad that you finished it and i look forward to getting a copy thanks man um and since uh, this is going to be uh, swap cast and be on yours, uh, mm-hmm. I've got a link tree, and that is uh, 3xburn, and we talked about Twitter earlier. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's the Doom Kitchen. So there I am. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again. Yep. of the music has become audible garbage there is an artist trying to make all that better from the artist who gave you truth be told and chasing midnight comes the ultimate album contumacy by phytophilia six months in the making it will make your feet step in the right direction on january 2nd 2023 Let this album bring you comfort in knowing that you are not alone in a world dominated by government-funded propaganda. Outright lies from those who seek to make you an all-out slave to their greed, corruption, and abuses. Contumacy will be available on major streaming platforms starting January 22nd, 2023.